In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, great to be with all of you on this wonderful Sunday in the first week of August. And as always, we'd like to invite to be with us in our Perseverance Family Conversation, we'd like to invite Mary to be with us. Mary has many titles. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray that beautiful prayer at the end of the rosary, which is the Hail Holy Queen, then we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So together let's pray the prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary as we enter into our conversation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's invite to be with us our spiritual director. What a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many different titles. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet <coughs> Guest of the Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our Consoler, as well as our Counselor. And the Holy Spirit is our sanctifier. Our sanctifier. And if that were not enough, the Holy Spirit is also known as our interior master. In Romans chapter 8, we have these words inspired by the Holy Spirit. St. Paul says, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say, Abba, Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit to help us. And... Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds as well as, as well as the Holy Spirit to set our hearts on fire with the love of God. As we say, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit 
and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we welcome you all to our Perseverance family. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord is truly risen. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. And as always to encourage you, I promise to pray for you in the greatest of all prayers, I'll pray for you in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which I celebrate every day and sometimes even twice a day. So today I'll pray for you in the Masses I'll be celebrating today. I'll place you and your intentions on the altar. You know, Offer these intentions. First intention that all of us today, my friends, as we start a new week, will be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Our sanctification depends upon being docile and open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be I'd like to pray for your families and my family. 
that for the conversion of our family members, for the sanctification of our family members, and for the salvation of our family members, And last but not least, throughout the world today, there will be people that will be dying. The most important moment in our life is the moment that we die. That will determine our destiny for all eternity. So I'd like to pray for those who will be dying today for their salvation. And let's pray that, our, that we ourselves would be ready for that day. That our names will be written in the book of life. That when we go before the Lord, he'll say, Well done, faithful servant. Welcome into the home of the Father. Let's pray that the Lord would say that to us when we die. Well done, faithful servant. Welcome into the home of my Father. Let's pray for each other that God indeed, the Lord will say that. So, my friends, those are intentions that I like to place on the Mass for all of you on this day in which we celebrate our Lord's resurrection. Today, the Church celebrates the transfiguration of our Lord. I'd also like to start off with a Marian note. I'd like to pray <coughs> inviting all of you to consider making a, uh, a novena. Today is the 6th and the 15th, which will be nine days from today. We'll be celebrating one of the chief Marian feast days. So nine days from day, today will be August 15th, and that will be the solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into Heaven. It's interesting that in the diary of St. Faustina, often St. Faustina is making, she'll make novenas. But especially novenas in preparation for a Marian feast date. For example, very common for her, the, the Immaculate Conception, for example. On the Immaculate Conception, she'd make a novena nine days before and what she would do was 
she would pray nine days in a row, a thousand Hail Marys. Think about that. One thousand Hail Marys. One thousand Hail Marys. Every day for nine days. Now, perhaps you will not be called to pray a thousand Hail Marys starting today up until the August 15th. That might be too much for you. But we can do something. We can do something. Perhaps what you can do every day for nine days is obviously pray at least one rosary, but you might even consider in honor Mary to do some spiritual reading on Mary every day for nine days. You can read The Glories of Mary, my book, The Marian Compendium. Many wonderful books written on Mary. But that'd be a good way to do it, to prepare for Mary's feast, to read and get to know Mary better and better. So, my friends, today we celebrate the assumption, rather, the transfiguration of the Lord every August 6th. And the church, the church celebrates, has this reading and celebrates this feast twice, twice a year, August 6th every year. as well as the second Sunday in Lent, we always read the account of the Transfiguration. An interesting note also is the following. In the year 1978, on August 6th, Pope Paul VI died, <clears throat> who is now a saint. Saint Pope Paul VI died, and he's a canonized saint. Then, within the next about two months, we had three popes. Paul VI, who died, John Paul I, who was Pope only for about a month. Then in October, John Paul II was elected to be Pope, would be Pope from 1978 to 2005. One of the longest pontificates. Just a, a note, maybe pray to, pray to Pope Paul VI for the Church for the papacy, for bishops, for priests, and that we would become saints, as he is. 
So I'd like to do today is we're reading through the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 17, the first nine verses. I'd like to read through it and, and comment on this wonderful, wonderful mystery of the Transfiguration. I would invite all of you, perhaps, to try to do an Ignatian contemplation. An Ignatian contemplation would be you place yourself in the presence of God, beg for the grace to really get to know and love and follow Christ more closely. Composition of place, try to utilize your imagination to to compose with your mind's eye the scene. Try to see the scene and then try to see the persons present in the scene. Contemplate their gestures, their actions. Contemplate or meditate upon their words. Then St. Ignatius is to derive fruit from that. It's always very profitable when we do an Ignatian contemplation to end with a colloquy. Ignatius would even say a colloquy, a double colloquy, or even a triple colloquy. So I've given you an overview of the steps to take in when you're making an Ignatian contemplation. And the Transfiguration really lends itself, really lends itself to making a good, efficacious, graphic contemplation. So, let's start. Let's start. You know, it starts with Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John. Let's stop at that. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John. He took the three of them. Jesus chose 72 disciples to help to spread the kingdom. Jesus chose 12 apostles. Apostle means sent. To, his, to be his most intimate associates and friends. Among the twelve apostles, Jesus chose three of them to be his closest and most intimate friends. And they were Peter, James, and John. <coughs> there at the Last Supper, there at the Last Supper, Jesus said, I do not call you servants, but I call you friends. So let's try to connect this with us. As Peter called Peter, as Jesus 
chose Peter, James, and John to be his best friends. You also are called to be, you are also are called into an intimate friendship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of my favorite religious paintings or portraits is the Sacred Heart of Jesus with a heart outside his body, surrounded by fire, and below it says, El amigo que nunca falla. El amigo que nunca falla means the friend who never fails us. Jesus is the friend and he'll never fail us. He'll always be faithful to us. So Peter, James, and John were called to enter into this deep friendship with Christ. So are you. Really believe in our Perseverance family. All of you are called to a really deep friendship with Christ. I really believe that all of you are called to a really deep friendship with Christ. A bond of friendship among ourselves, too. But Christ is our best friend. He always will be, in time and for all eternity. And it's interesting that Peter, James, and John, we see him, we see them with our Lord in three of the most important scenes in the life of Christ. We see Peter, James, and John with Jesus at the death of the daughter of Jairus. Jairus was a synagogue official. And he begs Jesus to come to help his daughter. When Jesus arrives, arrives, the daughter is already dead. And Jesus goes into the home of Jairus with Peter, James, and John. He says, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And before the eyes of Jairus, but also Peter, James, and John, the little girl who is dead is brought back to life. Also, Peter, James, and John go with Jesus. After the Last Supper, they go with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus enters into his mortal agony. And Peter, James, and John are present with the Lord. Unfortunately, they fell asleep, but they were the closest ones to the Lord then when he enters into his passion. And finally today, for the transfiguration, Peter, James, and John are are invited to go with the Lord to experience this wonderful transfiguration. But once again, connecting this with you, you also are called to a a deep, intimate friendship with Jesus Christ. So let's beg, let's beg for this grace that the rest of our lives we would strive to cultivate 
we would strive to cultivate a deeper and deeper relationship of friendship with Christ. So let's uh, move on and let's uh, lay, let's get on our our hiking boots. Let's get on our hiking boots and let's climb the mountain. So it says Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. So there's the next point. Peter, James, and John are led up a high mountain with the Lord. Now, the mountain. The mount and the month experiences a very important theme in in the Bible itself. Moses goes up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Here we Jesus climbing the mountain to encounter Moses and Elijah and God the Father. St. John of the Cross St. John of the Cross one of his mystical writings and he's one of the greatest mystical writers in the Catholic Church known as the mystical doctor He's not only written The Dark Night of the Soul, but he's also written The Ascent to The Ascent of Mount Carmel, in which John of the Cross presents an analogy, and he says that our life can be compared to climbing a high mountain. That's right. Our life can be compared to climbing a high, a high mountain. But in our spiritual life, as we climb the high mountain, we don't want to climb the high mountain by ourselves. But rather, we want to climb the mountain with Christ. This climbing experience can even be compared to Mount Calvary, where a Lord carrying his cross is ascending. Let's pray that as we carry our cross and we all encounter our own Calvary in our lives, which will come sooner or later, let's not walk carrying our cross by ourselves but invite our Lord to help us and ask Mary to walk side by side with us. My friends, if we have to carry the cross by ourselves, the cross is probably going to, probably going to crush us. But if we can carry our cross with the Lord, it's much easier. The Lord even said this in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. 
Come to me, all of you, who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. For you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That yoke can be compared to the cross. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we carry it with the Lord. So let's beg for the grace to keep climbing in our spiritual life. And if we fall, the nunchepi. If we fall, let's get up again. It says that Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. So we we want to try to imagine that. He's transfigured before their eyes. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Now, the classical interpretation of this transfiguration of Christ before the eyes of Peter, James, and John is that Jesus allowed this wonderful experience of light and John Paul II in his document the Apostolic Letter the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary calls this the mystery of light par excellence JP2 says that So the traditional classical interpretations is this, that in a relatively short time, the apostles will be scandalized by the cross. And this mystery is an encouragement for the apostles as they will have to encounter Jesus Christ crucified. And this Experience points to heaven. It points to heaven. Points to heaven. So let's pause to reflect upon the reality of heaven. St. Thomas Aquinas uh, says that In order for us to obtain a goal, especially a difficult goal, we have to understand the purpose of the goal and the end. In other words, uh, an archer who has bow and arrow has to know where is the target. If you're going, you're driving, you have to have a GP. GPS, you know where you're heading. If you're running the race, you have to know where the finish line is. So knowing the end goal, Thomas Aquinas says, is very important 
for us to place all of our energies to attain that goal. Our end goal, my friends, is heaven. We are created for heaven. The Catechism says we're created to know God, to love God, to serve God in this life, so as to be happy with Him forever in heaven. St. Ignatius puts it this way, we are created to praise God, reverence God, serve God, and by means of that, to save our souls. By means of that, to save our souls. So, the apostles Peter, James, and John were able to see our Lord transfigured in glory. His, his clothes became whiter, white as, the, white as the snow. And he talked with Moses and Elijah. This is kind of like a preview, a foretaste of the heavenly glory that we'll all experience one day. To heaven. Let's try, my friends, to reflect more on heaven. That's our end goal. And if we recognize that heaven is our ultimate goal and all of us are heading toward heaven, that can help us to carry our crosses more patiently. More patiently if we can just recognize that our end goal is to get to heaven. So these are some encouraging words for you on the reality of heaven. In the Gospel of St. John, these are very encouraging words for all of us. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but rather... I'm not leaving you as orphans, but rather I will send another. I will send the paraclete to you. But Jesus also says this. I'm going now. These are very encouraging words. Listen to these and let these words sink into your heart. Jesus is saying, I'm going now. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me and believe in God. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. I'm going now to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you also may be. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If that were not so, I would not tell you. So Jesus says he has a home, a mansion prepared for you and for me in heaven. Doesn't that give you a lot of hope? Doesn't that give you a lot of joy? To think that all of us have not only a home, but we have a mansion prepared for us in heaven. Wow. That should give you a lot of joy, a lot of peace, a lot of happiness today 
on Sunday, every Sunday we're celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Jesus says he's preparing a place for us in heaven. Now St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians, he comforts us with these words. He comforts us with these words. He says, The sufferings of the present world are nothing in comparison to the glory that awaits the sons and daughters of God. Wow. The sufferings of the present time are nothing in comparison with the glory that awaits the sons and daughters of God. Wow. How encouraging. Paul also says this. He says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man. The wonderful things, the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has it entered into the mind of man the wonderful things that God the wonderful things that God has prepared. The wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love Him. The wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love Him. How good God is. How great God is. How wonderful God is. How splendid God is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the Lord is great. So my friends, let's let's long let's long for heaven. And I invite all of you I invite all of you, my friends, to think about heaven in this way. Once again, we want to try to we want to try to utilize our imagination. You know, we all have an imagination. And we can use our imagination for good or we can use it for for bad. We can use it for good or for bad. For good or for bad.
Now try, my friends, try to do this. Try to do this. Call to mind, try to do this, call to mind the happiest day, the happiest hour the happiest minute the happiest moment in your life I'll help you alright and then I'll talk about in my personal experience what was probably the happiest day or moment in my life and and then try to magnify that a thousand times and forever and you have a mere glimpse you have a mere glimpse of really what heaven is a mere glimpse of what heaven is a mere glimpse of what heaven is And Carmen basically said it. Carmen, you anticipated what I was about to say. Most of you, many of you who are with me are, are mothers, uh, maybe a couple of you are fathers. But even though it was difficult giving birth to a son or daughter, but once you had your child and maybe you saw your son or daughter smiling at you the first time that probably would have been for many of you the happiest moment in your life is that true As many of you are our mothers and more than once and imagine that probably could have been one of the happiest joyful moments in your life is that true I'm sure it is Now what I'm trying to do is to utilize that personal experience that many of you had, many of you had, and try to make this as a as a parallel to the reality of heaven. And what I'm trying to do using limited human language, which is very limited. Rosemary says yes four times. <laughs> right. Is imagine that that joy magnified a thousand times. Then add to that forever and ever and ever. Then you have a mere glimpse. You have a mere glimpse of what heaven is like. And we have to use limited human terms. We have to use limited human terminology terms to help us to connect with the heavenly reality. And now and then is a good idea to call to mind this talk I'm giving to you, especially when we're going through desolation. 
when the cross seems to be especially heavy, when it seems as if things are not going the way we'd like them to go, seems as if the suffering is intense, call to mind this. So many of you are, 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 are recounting your own experience. In my life, so all of you are recalling when you had your, your first or second or third or fourth child. In my life it was May 25th, 1986, it was a Sunday, it was actually Trinity Sunday back in 1986, I was in Italy, I was in Rome, and I was in the Basilica of St. Peter, that's right. I was in the Basilica of St. Peter after being in Rome for about seven years. So it was my ordination mass which started at 9.30 and the ordination ceremony probably started about 10.30. And I was kneeling down, and there were, I was not the only one ordained. There were quite a few other deacons ordained from other orders. And I, I was kneeling down, and John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, he came. And he placed his hand, his hands over me. And he placed his hands on my head. And he prayed over me in silence. And then... After praying over me in silence, he said the consecration prayer. Then I was ordained a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. I'd have to say that that was the happiest day of my life. Then I'd say also 12 years ago when I celebrated my silver jubilee, my 25th anniversary. I had two Masses in which the church was packed for the two Masses. One in Spanish, one in English. That was a very, very joyful, very, very joyful experience. That was a very, very, very special experience. 
when I came into the church, I was not a priest, and with the laying on the hands of John Paul II, I was ordained a priest. Now forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. How good God is. How good God is. Those two days, 37 years ago, as well as my silver jubilee were days of great joy. So my friends, as we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I invite all of you I invite all of you to call to mind perhaps the happiest day or moment in your life. Try to magnify that a thousand times and add to that eternity which means forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In that (coughs) you have a a mere glimpse of what heaven is. In the words of St. Paul. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Nor has it entered into the mind of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. So going back to our earlier reflection, I'm going to pray that all of us, all of us, my friends, all of us will be written, have our names written in the book of life. That all of us will have our names written in the book of life. In big golden letters and big golden calligraphy that all of us will have our names written in the book of life. So my friends, for us to arrive at our eternal goal, for us to arrive at our eternal goal, Let us strive, my friends,
for that grace of St. Ignatius. Intimate knowledge of the Lord. This intimate knowledge of the Lord, that we will love him more ardently, and that we would love, we would know him more intimately, love him more ardently, and follow him more closely. And let's pray, my friends, that as Jesus, Jesus chose, Jesus chose, Peter, James, and John, to be his best friends. El amigo que nunca falla. That we would make a concerted effort in our lives to grow daily in our friendship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He indeed is el amigo que nunca falla. He is a friend that will never, never fail us. So my friends, when you go to Mass, you can say with Peter in the Gospel today. We can say with Peter when we go to church, Lord, it is good to be with you. And I thank many of you for your encouraging words, Sophie and Mary Jo and Carmen. Many of you have posted many, many times encouraging words. We are the Perseverance family and we are heading my friends, we're heading on the highway to heaven. So I'll pray for all of you in the Mass that one day we will all be together in heaven to praise God for all eternity through the heart of Mary. God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you through the intercession of Mary and St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Amen.